Welcome to the Cruising is Life podcast. Whether you're a seasoned cruiser or just starting out, we have something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and get ready to set sail with us on the Cruising is Life podcast. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Cruising is Life podcast. Welcome back for another very exciting episode. We are joined by Justin, as always. Welcome back, our co-host here, and Tyler from the Cruise Junkie, the Tyler Show. How's it going, guys? Good. What's going on, everyone? How is it going here on a Tuesday night? Yes, we are, we are doing this a day early because somebody has some Valentine Day Valentine's Day plans. So yes, we're doing a little so. early. But yes. uh, but yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. We got a very exciting topic. We're diving into basically the world uh, or like the the side of cruising that passengers don't necessarily see, and that's the harbor pilots. That's right. We are. It's going to be exciting. And uh, we got two of us who've been out on the pilot boat. Justin's been lucky enough to actually be on the actual ship here, which we'll get into in just a moment. But yeah, this is the unsigned scene of cruising here. Most of the time people are on the cruise ship. This is the last part of cruising they think about. But it is a vital part. It is found in pretty much any cruise port, major cruise port that is. Private islands don't typically have pilots. But any other port, you're going to expect one of the marine pilots to get on the ship and navigate that vessel in and out of port with undocking and all of the good stuff here. Yeah, so that's going to be an exciting episode here because uh, I love talking about pilots. It's one of my favorite things. Oh, yeah. And Tyler, you're actually planning to go to school to be a pilot. Is that correct? Yes, that is currently the plan. Uh, hopefully that does not change. But yes, that is the current plan right now to Very eventually cool. one day be a pilot. Yes. See, you're the perfect person to have on here then. And of course, like mentioned earlier, Justin's actually been on the pilot boat so we got we got the two guys here that are going to be really good to have on here we tried That's we right. tried to get a pilot to actually come on they just we couldn't get somebody to actually commit so unfortunately um if that ever does come around we'll definitely do another like a follow-up episode if we can actually get like an actual yeah exactly absolutely um, but both of you have experienced what the pilots do and everything like that so it'll be a good good uh people to have on here for our topic today uh, before we start, I do want to say we since you know the news broke this morning, we're getting a new carnival ship finally. Yes, that is and exciting. Were, was that on your bingo card for this morning? A new XL class? No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, no, no. Far from it. I, I'm not saying I'm upset by having a new XL class, but that's the last thing I expected. Um, if you know, with Carnival announcing a new ship and all that, that I was not expecting a fourth XL class. Yeah, absolutely yeah, here. It'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I know wherever they do it, and it's not coming out till twenty twenty seven. So we've got a long way to go before we even hear anything. Um, yep. Anything on names? Would you, or do you guys think there's any names coming out or that are gonna no go up with it? Is there um, maybe fe- how do you pronounce it? Festival. Festival. What, Festival. Yeah. Yeah, yes. probably. I would agree with Justin. That's probably something I would agree. Probably share a name of like an old ship. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably the it'll definitely. Get, it'll yeah. definitely be a retro name, whatever it may be. It the next class of ship we're gonna go back to the original names. I'm hoping, but given the XL class and how they that's already been, it's gonna be a retro name. Um, yep. it, I've seen. So I was thinking either Destiny, just because of how significant the Destiny was. Um, you know, back in the 90s when it came out, or the Tropical, but I saw somebody mention the Holiday, and the Holiday is actually the only, there's three Holiday class, the Holiday, Celebration, and the Jubilee. We already have the Celebration and the Jubilee. Yeah. So um, it's, I think it's very likely that we might actually get the Holiday. This might end up being That would be cool. Yeah. It would be really, it'd be a cool little, like, you know, throwback, and of course, complete that class. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyways, back on topic, mostly just want to touch on that because that was actually like that news broke like within the last few hours. So, Um, but yeah, anyways, back onto the Harbor Pilot. So, uh, Justin, you've actually been on the pilot boat or uh, pilot boat and actually on the ship. So, like, what is it that you kind of did whenever you were on there? Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's, you know, it's a pretty long story, but I'll kind of try and condense it. But basically, I tagged along with one of the pilots in Fort Lauderdale, and we helped, or I say we, she helped guide out 
the celebrity ascent. I just kind of rode along with them. But we basically got on board, met up with the captain on the bridge, and he kind of gave us a rundown of what was going on, and she gave him a rundown of the way the wind was blowing and the current in, in the channel and some of the other traffic that was coming out at the time. I think there was a um, a barge coming out from Terminal 29 that had to wait for us. Uh, so she basically just gave them that kind of information, and then once the Caribbean princess pushed off and left, um, actually as she was straightening out and, and heading out is when we started to push off the dock. Um, and honestly, from there, she gave very little information, uh, just a little bit here and there as we were turning, uh, and, you know, kind of where to put the aft of the ship to begin spinning it in this designated turn area inside mm-hmm. the port. Um, and then about, I would say, a mile or so off the coast, she had the, uh, the guy that was steering the ship turn it to a certain, de- uh, I think it was 180 degrees, something like that, at a certain angle to uh, allow us to disembark the ship from the ladder onto the pilot boat. So, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, I mean, there was a lot more than that, uh, mm-hmm. but it was really, it was really cool. Yeah, it, yeah, it seems absolutely. like a really, really cool thing to do. And you, like, the fact that you actually got to climb down the ladder and everything like that was crazy. How was that? Yes, it, it was, so it's, it's not, so... So what the the waves were rough, but mm-hmm. when we turned the ship and the, the pilot boat came alongside, we were w- within the wake of the ship, mm-hmm. or like the the side wake, you know. So it was a yep. little bit smoother. So yeah. the transition from the ship to the pilot boat was fairly easy, uh, but it's definitely a very unique experience walking down the side of a, you know, mega cruise ship. You know, almost a thousand feet long, however big Celebrity Ascent is. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was definitely a unique experience. Yeah, that for sure, and. So pretty much it's mostly that they just kind of there to give pointers and things like that. A lot of, I feel like the biggest misconception with pilots is that they take over. They do to an extent, to an extent, but not a hundred percent. They're not, they're not actually most ports. Again, I want to put this in parentheses here. Most, each port is different on the way they handle ships, but for cruise ships, most of the time the pilots are hands off in terms of actual getting on the controls and navigating. Cargo ships at some ports, however, like Palm Beach, I'm going down there actually next weekend, and uh, down there they actually do manual ship handling. The pilots actually get on the controls of the ship and dock the ship, but that's only with cargo ships. Cruise ships, as uh, Justin alluded to there, kind of just there to give you correct pointers and corrections. One thing, Justin, I'm sure you can agree, you probably heard the pilot saying starboard 15, that is what they call con, control navigation, basically what the pilot has it all in their head, their knowledge. Okay, at this point at the port, I need to be traveling at a course of, let's say, 127 degrees. So they'll tell the math equation. So basically from there, say they're at starboard, you know, 117, they'll say, okay, we'll go ahead and move to starboard, uh, you know, starboard 10 degrees. So then they can move the ship to the right so they can get to 127 or vice versa here. Uh, midship is another call out that the pilots give. Uh, midship, basically, that means is you're wanting to go straight ahead. No more movement of the rudder. So that's what the pilot pretty much does. Pilot is on there and he's giving uh, most of the time channel agreements. Like in Canaveral, for example, I brought along the Canaveral pilots three times. Know them really, really well here. In Canaveral, the pilot takes the control navigation basically from the time the pilot gets up to the bridge after the uh, master pilot exchange, which as Justin alluded to earlier, that was when the pilot and the captain talked over. They, she said, hey, there's this vessel here. And then the captain said, okay, well, we're running all thrusters. We're all good to go. That was the master pilot exchange. It happens every time a ship comes in out of port with a pilot. Now, with our uh, departures, it's pretty more easier for the master pilot exchange to happen because with the master pilot exchange on departures, they're up at the bridge, they're docked, they don't have to worry about time. Versus, um, that's why when you see pilots get out further uh, on the ship further out when they're coming in, because they need time to do that exchange before they hit the first obstacle, or in, in the case of Canaveral, the first pair of buoys. Then the pilot will, in Canaveral's case, take it all the way into the channel. Once they get close to the dock, the pilot will give back the con to whatever officer the ship is driving the ship that day or navigating the ship to the dock. The pilot is pretty much hands-off for the docking process. He's only really there for, he or she's only really there for the transit uh, to and from the dock. I'm sure, Justin, you probably can agree it's somewhat similar. Again, it varies port by port, so I want to believe that there. It's not the same at one port. It's very different, but they all follow the very similar idea. Yes. Uh, no, it, it was almost identical to what you said in Fort Lauderdale. Um, their approach or departure area is a lot shorter than it is in Canaveral. They pretty yep. much just go straight out. And then depending on how the wind is, they'll either take the ship straight out, go a little bit north, go a little bit south. 
Uh, and like I said, we were only about a mile or so off the coast, if that, when we disembarked. And after she gave, I say, control back to the cat, after she kind of like said we were leaving, she basically just said, you know, just be just be on the lookout. We got a cargo ship over here. There's a couple small boats here. Um, and then Icon of the Seas was actually on a test cruise just on the horizon. So she basically said, just beware of that. But other than that, like, you guys are good to go whichever direction. I think they were, I think they were going to Nassau that day. So they, after we disembarked, they kind of turned back east just a little bit and, and went straight out. Yes, and what you nice. mentioned to a little earlier was what they call when the, the ship makes a lee or a swing. Um, that is done, as Justin was saying, for the pilot boat to come alongside. Um, basically, what from the pilot boat's perspective here, what they're looking for, and that's what, like Justin said, like the, the pilot told the ship to go to a certain degree. Um, again, uh, each port specifically, like connect, like when you were on the boat, the boat operator told the pilot, hey, go to this degree. Canaveral and some other ports, the boat operator is only going to say, hey, swing. You probably can swing a little bit outside the channel. The pilot will come up with the number. Um, but basically what they're looking for is the time where a situation where, number one, the wind, right? The other reason is you notice that like most cruise ships like Justin was going on, the ladder was rigged, I believe, on the starboard side of the ship. And that's yeah. because when the ship hugs the coast, um, again, most of the, the rough wind will be on the side facing the rough ocean. That would be on the port side, Port Everglades, if they're turning down the coast. And Canaveral, vice versa here with your uh, starboard side getting off because the starboard side of the ship hugs the coast and port side coming back because the port side is sheltered. So that's the reason there is you want to turn. The other thing, too, is the degree they're looking for when they're turning is kind of want to match the waves so that, the again, the cruise ship can handle the waves pretty well, but you're talking a pilot boat which is, you know, riding the waves differently. They're not riding this, the waves the same way. Like, the, the cruise ship may be rolling a little different than what the pilot boat can be rolling. So that's uh, right. the reason there for the turn, as Justin was uh, was saying yeah. there. Yep. There's a big difference in size with the pilot Absolutely. boat and the cruise ships, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so it was definitely a rough ride getting back in. It was nice exactly. and smooth on the ship out, and the pilot boat was really... I mean, it yes. took it well, but it, we, were, yeah. we were moving yeah. around heading back to the port. Yeah. And I think there There's are no some pilot boat boats. Pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't some pilot boats like meant to be smoother riding? Like I think like some of them have like weight. The, the weight distribution is just different on some of them just yes. to make them ride a little bit better. So the one Justin was on was a, a Bill Preston pilot boat. Bill Preston is a renowned uh, marine architect here. He's designed pretty much anything from any vessel. He's pretty much designed them all. But one nice. of his like most famous designs is uh, the pilot boat design. He's been honing that craft for, for many years, basically since like the 1990s. And Port Everglades has had a fleet of three, and they now have two, but they're building another build press and pilot boat. What makes these build press and pilot boats very interesting, Canaveral has two, by the way, uh, is their engine is in the front of the boat. For most pilot boats, typically the engine is in the back. But the reason why Bill decided to go with this design this is why it's one of the, the, the you know, safety standards in the industry is because think about it as a way of a surfboard as to how he thought of it when he was riding in his childhood on the Gulf Shore, which is where Bill was from. Uh, basically, he wants to crest a wave. Instead of, you know, having the weight in the front of the boat, imagine you get on the actual ship. I'll give you an example right here. When you go on the wave crest here, instead of having the engine here because the weight's here, when you hit the wave, now your bow sends the front end up. It's going to go up now. But if you have the weight in the front, when as soon as you crest that wave, the bow is going to pitch down. So you're not having that pitch, and that pitch is very dangerous for pilot transfers because your your boat's alongside, right? It's bobbing, hits a rough wave, your deck's flying up. Versus right. instead of this situation, it's just going to go down. So it's the one of those pilot boats that are very very safe, and they're some of the best designed in the industry in terms of safety because of that aspect here. And uh, I'm sure Justin could attest to it. He was out in pretty rough seas, but yet that boat handled it like a champ. That is for sure. Yeah, and you can definitely feel it as we were going over the wave. You can feel it, you know, being brought down from that weight. It was uh, a unique feeling, but it definitely helped with the transfer uh, because, like I said, I was sitting on the ship even before we left, and I'm looking out. There's, you know, white caps, so I'm like, oh, this is going to be a rough one. But once I got down to the the crew, like where they opened the door to drop the ladder, I mean, the boat was almost flat with us. So, like, I, wow. I just walked right off. And then once we came out of that little wake area is when we started to, you know, go over the waves. So it was definitely uh, a weird sensation heading back in. But it was cool. It was very, very cool. Yeah. I feel like that's, awesome. that's awesome. the engine being in the front of the boat is definitely something I've never heard of until, you know, just diving a little bit more into, like, the deeper side of pilot boats. Like, it's yep. such a simple thing that you would think of like oh yeah it makes it handle better obviously but you know I, that's something i've never seen on like just your standard boat 
You're correct. Uh, up until Bill Preston with his boat design that really changed the industry in terms of that aspect, uh, he actually, when he went to the shipyards to build these boats, the shipyards were like, are you crazy? All the pilot boats <laughs> have their engines in the back. It took a lot of convincing, but once uh, it, it hit the you know the market and all the pilots started using it, it became a very staple of pilot boats. Actually, a matter of fact, Canaveral has a build Preston. Port Everglades has one. I believe Panama Canal has a few, wow. as well as Nassau has one of uh, the old Port Everglades boats. And I'm not sure 100%. I believe they're... Port Everglades probably going to sell off one of the other Bill Prestons uh, and replace it with the new Bill Preston uh, or get rid of the Baltic workboats. Well, the Baltic workboat's an interesting vessel because that's the other boat that Port Everglades has. And that one, it is uh, it's not exactly the best pilot boat for the U.S. market. I'll put it that way. Those boats are fantastic in Europe, but in the U.S., they're not exactly the best boat. Um, so we're looking at getting rid of that one. It's, it's public information. So if you go literally type in pilot boat for sale, that one will pop up like first on your list it's kind of funny eight hundred thousand dollars guys you want to go uh, buy a pilot boat oh, i could do sure. that let's do it let's do to. it a new chest spotting boat there you go so this may sound like a dumb question it is just i don't it's the first thing that came to my mind but you say it's it's like a it was a pilot boat that's not great for the u.s but it's great over in europe why why is that so one of the reasons is uh, it's a lot of European design, and a lot of the reasons, I believe, uh, is parts. Uh, some of the parts are tricky okay. to get because it's European design. I believe it's U.S. built. I'm not sure 100% on that. I don't, maybe, Justin, you know anything more about that? Is it U.S. design? I'm not sure. But, yeah, more of the story <laughs> here is, uh, yeah, that that's the, reason, that's the reason you only see one Baltic workboat, pilot boat, as of right now in the U.S., which is interesting. This is interesting here. So Miami just got two brand-new pilot boats here. Uh, they have the Comp Millennia. These are composite boats here, which is there was a big, big risk for Miami to make uh, Biscayne Bay pilots is was to make them it was a big you know risk for them to make because composite it is fiberglass so when that goes alongside the ship that was the big biggest worry here well they have the original pilot boat light speed here which is their short boat that can do it's like a 30 something foot 36 foot pilot boat uh it looks very similar to what a build Preston pilot boat looks like besides it's a catamaran look um anyway that boat is was an absolute game changer for them and an absolute home run it that boat does like 39 miles an hour and then they just wow. repowered it recently i think it can do 40 miles an hour which is unheard of for a pilot boat i mean that's that fast you can be able to go fat to and from them. that's another thing too the reason you want to spend a lot of money on your pilot boats here is number one pilot safety of course with the transfer being you know a bigger platform or a more stable platform but the other reason too is the quicker your boat can go i mean the more jobs you can do with less pilots the less pilots means everyone at the end of the day is making more money so that's kind of uh, your bottom line here. The quicker the pilot can get to and from the next job is the more money everyone is making all around. So it's a win-win the faster your boat can go. And that's actually a funny story. So the back of this is a little history back into the history of marine piloting. That's kind of how the way pilot associations first started. They weren't started like they are today where uh, everyone kind of works together as teams. Everyone uses the same boat and vice versa. Back in the day, they used to have competing pilots where they would use their own sailboat. This is back in the day of sailboats where they would race. As soon as they see a ship on the horizon, you see like 10 pilots all getting on their sailboat, racing to a ship. First one to get on board gets the job. There was none of this, um, you know, oh, this pilot's going to be here for this stuff. Again, politics have come a long way, but some things like the rope ladder, for example, on the ships, that has not changed since the beginning of pilotage. Wow. Interesting. That's really, I never, never thought of that or never even heard of that before. That's really, do you imagine just like 10 sailboats go flying up to you as you're coming over the horizon? I'd be like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of uh, the World Cup of Sailing? Like, the, they have those races, whatever? Oh, the um, the America's Cup Regatta? Yes, yes. Actually, I believe this is one of the pilot boats in, I think, San Francisco or somewhere actually is now competing in that, is winning all this time. Because, yeah, it used to be one of these, uh, it used to be a pilot boat. That's They used to, it was built to go, like, 30 knots or something like that. Don't correct me on the speed. Uh, not 100%. Not 100% with these sailing pilot boats, but still, it's crazy. Definitely. Speaking of the Mer America's Cup Regatta, you'll definitely like this now. Um, we Next time we do like a big group cruise or something like that, like all of us go, uh, we need to go, we make sure it goes to St. Martin. Because they have, okay. I did a video on it when I, when I went there on the Wonder, but they have... Um, it's the Stars and Stripes and True North. It, True North is the Canadian one. I think they used to – they're like the original, like the real ones that they used back in the day. Uh, but those okay. are 
um, I guess, like the actual cup yachts that they would use to race. But essentially, that's that's what you're doing. You're controlling them. You know, they've got a couple people do like you know doing the grinding. There's a couple people that are like doing other stuff like that. There's usually one guy that's just handing out beers, but <laughs> but like you know, it's it's really it's really cool. It's a very labor intensive shore excursion. But it's a lot of fun. Anytime we go to St. Martin, we make sure, like, we do that. Like, me, it's my awesome. dad, and my grandfather Sounds will like... always make sure that we go. Like, you know, the girls will just stay on the ship. They'll go shopping, do whatever. But, like, all the guys, we always make sure we do that because it, it's a ton of fun. Absolutely. So They always next... say it's a good day if you're not on the water, and that's for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's it's probably one of my favorite shore excursions. So that's awesome next time next time we all plan a cruise together if we're going to do a seventh day we got to make sure it goes to st martin we'll do that okay sounds like a plan i love i love the eastern caribbean so that's uh, i'll have to show you the video that part about the western caribbean i mean eastern caribbean the pilot boats are hit and miss st <laughs> thomas has a really good few pilot boats and then some of the other ones uh kind of they're hit and miss in terms of the pilot boats yeah st thomas had a very nice one that met up with yes us. they have two of them they have a uh, North River pilot boat, and then they got a Metal Shark pilot boat. So yeah, they got two nice ones. It's funny. I've heard. So I I don't remember what ship this was, but one of the captains of a ship I was on, they were like, "Oh yeah, the Caribbean Harbor pilots. They're basically just good for making sure the coffee machines still work." <laughs> That's basically all he had to say. He's like, "Yeah, they just pretty much make sure the coffee yeah, machines still work." Yeah, those cruise ship mornings. captains and harbor pilots. They, they yeah, they're, they're it's always it's a love hate relationship. I swear, you know, they're, they're like, "Well, we kind of need you by law," but like, yeah, most of the cruise ship captains are kind of uh, you know very anti-pilot because they think they all they all they can just handle it all by themselves. But in the reality, yeah. at the end of the day, this is good to have a pilot on board because they know the port. Unlike that's another reason too. So pilotage is needed. Pilots are needed because. A cruise ship captain, how many ports does he go through on his during his contract? What? Probably, Hundreds. I don't know, 60 probably, one a day, divided by how many days he's on. I mean, you're talking different ports. He's also moving, you know, every day, different ports, different weather patterns. So he doesn't know the local area like the pilot does. The pilot pretty much eats, sleeps, and, you know, knows the area at that port here. He's on the water. He or she's on the water every day here. And the other thing, too, is most pilots, not all of them, but most of them are local residents. They grew up on that water. Now, not all of them. There are, you know, nowadays a lot of pilots in the U.S. are coming in from other states. But for the most part, most pilots are born and raised uh, on that water that they pilot because that's why they want to be a pilot. They grew up on that water. They love it. So yeah, it's very interesting it. nonetheless. Yep. yep. They know it pretty much. They Again, they've. If they've been on those waters, they whatever it's surfing, boating, fishing, whatever it mm -hmm. is, like you know, if they've been doing it that long, they definitely know what they're doing, and they definitely know you know that the currents, the depths, all of that, and you know that's of course the crucial part is making sure like oh yeah, by the way, there's like a you know there's a reef over here, there's you know a drop off over here, like stay within these parameters uh, so you don't run aground, that things like that. The other thing, too, which is very interesting about pilots, too, is, as you mentioned there, they know a lot of things. Another thing, when a cruise ship captain is coming in a port, he doesn't know, who, for the most part, who to talk to. He doesn't know, okay, call the guy down there, uh, you know, call the guy at the port, tell him, hey, we're coming in, can you lower the gangway? The cruise ship captain will just call the, call the wrong person, may not even know who to call. The pilot knows all that. The other thing, too, the, pilot, the cruise ship captain may come in a port, he may see a small boat over there, and he'll be like, that's, that's a hazard. Versus the, the pilot will be like, nope, he's out of the way. He'll stay just there. Everything will be just fine because he knows that local boat operator or vice versa here. I've seen that happen many times in Canaveral where the pilot will be like, okay, that's uh, our good friend, Captain Walt with a fishing boat. Uh, he'll stay over to the south. Everything will work out just fine versus situations where the cruise ship captain uh, may not be comfortable with getting around those other smaller vessels here versus the pilot. That's what all they do is with hang out with these small vessels here, which, uh, Justin, luckily you were on the water when it was not the best. So you, you weren't able to see the fiasco of the zillion small boats trying to get in and out of these ports. It's, uh, it's quite the mess. Right. So we actually did have on departure, um, there was, I don't know if it was a charter fishing, but it was a smaller boat. Okay. on its way out just as we were starting to back out so it really wasn't in the way yet um and that the same thing happened you know the, the captain was like oh like do we need to like do something and she's like no 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 like they know to stay on the the north side of the jetty as we're coming out so 
yeah, like you said, they the pilot, even if they don't do too much, like in my case, it was really just some general knowledge of what the kind of weather conditions were that day. They are a good point of contact for pretty much anything going around at the port. Exactly, exactly. It's pretty much like a port advisor coming on saying, okay, you're good. Don't worry about that. Hey, that gangway going down, trust me, it's going to go down. And that's right. the other thing, too. Like, um, the cool thing is you can listen to on the radio. Uh, mm -hmm. The pilots, most most pilots at most places, they have uh, the, the VHF radios, which they use to communicate with everyone on the water. And there they'll communicate, okay, this is going to happen here, this is going to happen here, and this is going to happen here. So, again, just proves to show that pilots, they're needed no matter what. And that's the thing, too. People are like, oh, well, you know, computers can replace them. But in reality, no one's going to know the port like a human. It's it's pretty much it. You know, they're, no one's going right. to know, okay, Steve on his boat is going to be just fine. He ain't going to bother me today. So Right, exactly. Technology has its flaws. I mean, yeah, human human error is much, much more frequent than tech, technology, you know, going bad, things like that, or, you know, a technology issue. But I mean, yep. you always got to take into account, I mean, systems crash, computer computers crash, websites crash, you know, things like that. So, I mean, it's, you know, they're not dummy proof just because you have the newest technology on board. Right. But going back to like what you were saying, you know, with, you know, communicating and things like that, like we have the radios that we, we of course, we don't talk on them because not allowed exactly. to. Don't do that, guys. Don't do, do that. Nope, nope, nope. Don't talk on the radios. <laughs> no but you know who you are <laughs> that's right but you're you know we we're able to listen to them and you know you we, you know but we use it for a ship spotting standpoint where we can just say yep. you know we hear the pilots oh skirte like the harmony of the sea or why did i say harmony she hasn't been here in forever but that's harmony of the seas yeah. harmony of the seas dropping lines you know getting ready to go underway you know for all the people that are there but you know every now and then you'll you'll see like you know the fishing boats or the charter boats are going in and out even sometimes the sailboats um you'll just hear like oh hey like i know one of the charter fishing boats is like the canaveral princess because it happens like every weekend but you know it's or even victory one the casino boat i know caleb's probably not here so he might not freak out but you know it's the you know you'll hear oh um you know canaveral princess that we're inbound on the channel um you know wonder we're gonna meet you port to port like you know that way you know so the, the captains can kind of listen to that as well. And the pilots are listening to that to where they know like, Hey, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a fishing boat coming in. There's a charter boat coming in. Um, and you know, they know what they're doing. They're going to, you know, they already said they're going to try to meet you on the port side. So, you know, just kind of yep. keep out for that and things like that. Absolutely. That is crucial. Having the contact properly throughout. That's the other thing too, is here in Canaveral, that's one thing I, I love about Canaveral pilots. And in fact, the whole waterways is it's very, they're very good at going ahead and making contact with these people on radio versus some other ports. You, you never hear the pilot. So mm -hmm. that's one thing about Canaveral is they're very good at alerting everyone, knowing that doing their security call. Sometimes they'll do it like three times, of course, three times normal, but then they sometimes even do it another time once they're actually coming off the dock. So they'll do their, They'll do their go ahead and they'll do that, you know, that security, security, security. The wonder of the seas is dropping lines getting underway port, Canaveral bound for sea. Any concern traffic come up channel 12. So go ahead and do that many times. <laughs> so they go ahead and do that, right? Um, again, it happens many times throughout the uh, cruise. By the way, how did you like that new? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> What? what look, for oh, those God, who I'm are list for those who are listening, the look on Justin's face is priceless yeah, right now. Classic. <laughs> the, the, like, the switch over to that audio was so instant. I thought I was losing my mind. <laughs> Bro is so subtle with that. He's playing with his little voice changer he got. Oh my <laughs> God! Guys, we'll use it on the uh, the secret uh, episode we're filming. That's right. Oh. Shh. The secret, secret episode. episode, bro. Where stay, have I stay been? Stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned for the podcast listeners. There's a uh, big things planned in uh, March. March, I think that's it. Right? Ah, that's secret. It. Ah, we're we're I doing it. I see. For those who are listening to this one, you're getting a sneak peek. We're doing it a lot. Well, not live, but we're doing oh, a. Just it. Oh man. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do a podcast on board because we're having, we have a lot that's of right. us on that cruise. Right. There's gonna be six of us now. Well, including Alex, who's gonna be six. I don't know if she's gonna be on the podcast, but uh, there's gonna be a lot of us. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, but, podcast, guys. Whole but we got a big yeah, group we'll going on the Liberty on with us. Too. Exactly. Sure. We got a big group going on Liberty with us next week or next month. 
Next week is Icon. I wish it was next week. Yeah, next week would be nice. Next week would be nice. If you guys were all coming on Icon, that'd be crazy. But oh my word, that'd be the best group cruise ever, man. On on Liberty, we're gonna be a lot of us, and we're gonna do a podcast. It's gonna be a recorded one to where we're just gonna upload it like normal instead Absolutely. of streaming it, but it'll be a fun time. Unfortunately, the Wi-Fi is not the best on the ships. So. Right, and that's kind of why we're not gonna stream it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But it'll be live, guys. We'll do it live, pre-recorded, but it'll be live. Okay. Right. <laughs> a live pre-recorded video. My favorite. <laughs> That's right. Speaking <laughs> of live, though, on the ship, next week, I, just shouting out next week's podcast, we're doing, I will be on board Icon of the Seas. That's These right. two will be here, of course, as the normal co-hosts, but I will be on board Icon of the Seas, giving my first impressions my first few days into the cruise, about halfway, like a mid-cruise. Icon next week? No. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm going on Majesty. Like on every video. I love Majesty. Every video. World's largest cruise ship. <laughs> That's right. You better use that in every title. Every title must have the world's largest cruise ship. That's right. Yes, indeed. But anyways, back yes. back on topic. You know, just shouting out next. Back you know, look forward to next week. It's going to be fun. But That's back right. back will. into it piloting. Um, where were the we? World pilots. Just, we're talking you know, about keeping... security calls, but yeah. I think that's pretty good. We wrapped up that discussion here uh pilot boats we get back to pilot boats here for a second here uh pilot boats actually fun fact they're not the only way pilots can get on a ship here there are other ways however pilot boats is the most common way for them to get on board in places all around the world one of the ones in the u.s that uses this is all the way in the columbia bar pilots in oregon they use helicopters so you know how they usually do medevacs on cruise ships well they pretty much do the same thing for a pilot basically they go ahead and hoist the pilot down onto one of the upper decks of the ship and the pilot is on. Now, they do that in mostly the areas where there is rough seas that would make a pilot transfer very close to catastrophic 90% of the time. So that is why they use it. So, like, in the Colombian bar, they use it. Uh, I believe somewhere else in Africa, they use it as well. Again, it is an uh, expensive route for a pilot transfer, but it is safer. So that's something that probably didn't know. James Bond that, movie? That should be the only way to be put on a cruise ship is to that's be right that's helicopter. right that normal be normal amazing. passengers normal passengers oh, yeah, get with, dropped and by. they have to have their suitcases with them too oh my god I like that that's, cool. that's crazy i never even yeah i never yes. even thought of that i i bet you a passenger and you're just like sitting there the ship's getting underway I'm like oh my god a helicopter my I, God. I would imagine probably like Cape Town, like South Africa, like or yeah, going around the horn the there. Ones, that's yeah. probably one of the places. Because that, that place is like notorious. Like even like Drake's Passage, like on the tip of South America, that's like, you know, yes. over in Cape Town, that's like known for being very, very rough. I don't know the, the name mm -hmm. of that waterway there, but it's it's known for being extremely rough. Yeah. Oh, absolutely here. Yep. That's just something that they have. Um, again, that's another thing, too, is with pilot transfers, people think, oh, the rope's ladder, there has to be a better way to do it, strapping on to things. No. The rope ladder is that way for a reason, and because is you don't want a harness. Imagine having to rely on someone, first of all, to make sure the first of all, you have to rely on the ship's crew. You have to trust the ship's crew that they've rigged the ladder properly, which if you've seen any pilot transfers, you'll know they're always doing something with the ladder. They're always messed something up. That's pretty notorious. I've been out on the pilot boat three times in Canaveral in pretty much every one of our trips they've messed up something with the rigging of the ladder uh, it's something major most of the time they can make it work but it is something that is a serious problem here so that's why they stick with that basic rope ladder setup because the pilot has pretty much control of when he's chopping off he's not to rely on someone else unclipping him or vice versa here the other thing someone mentioned too was why don't you use a, a, a bucket system well the same reason here is you're gonna have to rely on someone else to have the right training and vice versa here so the ropes ladder, what they call the Jacob's ladder, is the only way, besides, of course, the helicopter hoist, uh, for pilots to get to and from work every single day here. Interesting. Interesting. It is interesting. I was just the thinking of, like, oh, why didn't they harness them? But that, that makes kind of sense there. Hmm. I mean, yeah. They don't want someone's life to be in jeopardy. Yep. I mean, I don't, I don't trust the bartender named Mario on the Allure, so why would I trust some, you know, the... <laughs> why would I trust the, yeah. the crew members on a ship to... To get me on and off of there too, so <laughs> that's right. Thank Mario, um, Mario gave us a very interesting night. Honestly, an interesting weekend. That was an interesting yeah. cruise, guys. That was uh, one of a kind. I don't know crazy. what was going in those drinks, but it was something, something crazy. 
I was watching some of the clips. I don't even remember making them. <laughs> like, why did we do this? That's right. What? what? Crazy anyway, pilot back on subject, pilots. So, Justin, any more tidbits from your great Port Everglades pilot trip on um, this Liberty Ascent? That is a good question. It was just really cool to see the inner workings of how they maneuver the ship out of port. Like, once we got off the... So, the, the Edge-class ships dock starboard side in Fort Lauderdale because they've got the magic carpet. Mm-hmm. But I think they don't want that hanging off the other side as, like, cargo ships are coming out. So we were on the starboard side wing of the bridge. We were pushing off. And then as we were about halfway through, give or take the turn to line up, they switched. I don't know. They called it something, the con over to the center because they don't need to look down the side of the ship at that point anymore. And they've got video monitors up there so they can see it regardless. Uh, But it was just cool to see how they actually operated and, you know, the different uh, commands they call out. Like when we were on the bridge wing, they were calling out certain commands to this one of the ladies in the middle of the bridge and they were just giving out information as we were uh, pushing off. And, you know, when we cleared the bow from the pier, that's what they called, you know, to start swinging the aft around. And so it was just cool to see the different call outs and kind of all the little things that you don't see if you're just sitting up on the, on the deck, you know, watching the ship come off and you think it's pretty easy, but there's a lot of, you know, it gets very quiet. Like it was kind of loud, but there, a lot of people were talking and stuff when we first got on because it was kind of like a, a chilled area. But once we started dropping ropes, like it got quiet. He, you know, only certain people were talking, and it was a very controlled environment. So it was really cool. It was a very unique experience to see all those little things uh, taking place as we were coming out. That's really crazy. I can imagine. And you know, you guys see them all the time, sail away. So this must have been a cool, uh, you know, a new perspective. So when you're on cruises going forward, so you know, you probably were like, oh, okay, so this is kind of what's happening underneath, and what it must have been a. A very eye-opening experience for anyone. I mean, it was eye-opening for me when I did my first ride along Canaveral many summers ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a different perspective, and it changes your whole perspective on cruising. I mean, in terms of the right. navigational side. I mean, because most people think it's easy to just go in, little right wheel, get off the dock, there you go. But a lot more complex than that. I, right. I do and it in my cruise ship simulator, and I, I do a right. pretty good Captain job. Captain Brandon. Yeah, exactly. Captain Brandon's <laughs> but, only um... sank the Quantum once, so. But we also got, I also got to ride I also I also got to ride the pilot boat once I got off the ship. Uh we dropped our pilot off and um they let me stay on and, and follow the other ships out. So we got to watch Symphony of the Seas push off and go out. So we were originally supposed to follow her out and pick up her pilot, but I was up out filming stuff, so when I went back in thinking we were getting ready to head out. He told me that they switched it up. I don't know if there was already a pilot boat out there from the new Staten Dam that was going to go to Symphony. Mm. But we ended up staying and waiting for the Disney Dream to pull out. So it was cool listening to the call outs to the pilot boat as the Dream was coming out. And then I think Tyler alluded to it earlier. Once the ships get out, you can hear the, the, the calls between the pilot boat captain and the pilot up on the ship. And they're calling out like, oh, you know, like we're coming down. We're going to turn the ship this direction or... Um, you know, get ready to come alongside. And then I think even yesterday when we were in Canaveral, was it yesterday? Either yesterday or Sunday. I I don't know. One of the ships was going out and they were going to pick up the pilot on the starboard side, but then they did a call out. I, I don't know what it was for, but they ended up switching it to the port side. So the pilot boat, you know, ended up backing off and going around. So um, it was cool to see it from the perspective of being on the ship and then being on the pilot boat. Yes, absolutely. Those are sure. always neat. You, see, you hear on the radio all the time, you know, watch his body, but you don't know, like, what is he talking about? Starboard side right. of the channel? Like, what, what's that meaning? Right. They're kind of like, okay, oh, this is what he's talking about here, and vice versa here. Because, yeah, it's very tricky there with the, the pilot boats, the whole operation size, because most ports only have about two to three pilot boats. Um, typically only about one or two on operation. The one of the busier ports, like Everglades in uh, Miami or Biscayne Bay, always have about two boat operators on call, so they can pretty much run two boats. But like Canaveral, yeah. for the most part, there's only one full-time boat operator. So whenever they have to bring a second pilot boat into operation because of the scheduling, because Canaveral, like cruise ships, like same with Port Everglades here, you're, you're talking at a departure at 1530, another one at 1600 and maybe two at 1600 now typically those never actually leave the dock right at 1600 but you never know they couldn't they could like there was a situation i think like on monday in canaveral where there was the mariner and then the freedom and the i think the allure was they were right back to back to back they were like i don't know Same like one ship too. links from each other it was mm-hmm. crazy seeing it on the, the webcam it was 
but yeah, they had to use uh, you know two pilot boats, so they had to get someone to come in for those jobs. And then they had to go ahead and run the boat um, all all the way offshore. Now they luckily had one of the pilot boats stay offshore a little longer and get those two ships. But the problem is, is you can't have the boats sitting offshore too long because those pilots have to get back and do other jobs. So that's why you want back to the point we talked about earlier in the podcast. You want your faster pilot boats so your pilots can get back to do more jobs without having to bring in more personnel, which will in turn make everyone less money. So. Yeah, and the transfer, at least, you know, when I was on Ascent, was quick. I mean, yes, we we came off because they took us through the crew elevator. I'm assuming that's how they do it for other ones, but they took us down. And from the time we got out of the elevator to being on the pilot boat was maybe 30 seconds. I mean, it it was boom, boom, boom. Like, the pulled alongside, we came down, and it immediately went out and turned around. And so it's a pretty quick transfer. Yep. Yeah. That, like, I watching your video, like... I, like the GoPro footage, like it's strapped to you and everything like that. Like you, you could see the pilot literally just walked right up, turned around and just stepped down the ladder and she was on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just do it like so that. often. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. muscle memory for them. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that's the thing, like in those Port Everglades ports and uh, ports with shorter transit times where they're not as far offshore. Yeah, they're off the pilot uh, on the pilot boat quick. Canaveral, uh, a lot of times the pilot's at the door already by the time the pilot boat gets to it. The problem is in Canaveral, it's a far transit out. So yeah. because they go pretty much, I think, six miles or, or you know, wow. four miles offshore for the outbound and then you know, six miles for the inbounders. So pretty much the, the pilot, they're waiting on the pilot boat to come alongside here because the pilot boat is constantly also checking to make sure the ladder is rigged properly, too. So he's or the boat operators looking at the ladder, you know, making sure that everything is on the good before the pilot gets off, um, of course, because the, the boat operators are just as important as the pilots in terms of the safety of the port because they're responsible for the pilot's lives driving the boats here and they're also responsible if anything does happen to get them out of the water. So those are vital members too. Again, a lot of things people get confused. I want to point this out to the viewers here. A lot of people do get confused. The boat, pilot boat, the pilot is not on the pilot boat while the ship is transiting the port. The pilot is on the ship, and the pilot transfers to that boat. A lot of folks, I hear all the time, it's kind of reasons why I want to do the pilot video first off, was correct the narrative that the pilot is on the ship, uh, the pilot boat, giving instructions to the ship, which is not the case. No, you're right. They are on the ship. I am living proof of that. I was also on the ship, and Tyler's been on the pilot boat several times. Uh, but yes, they are actually, they board the ship. Um, at least for departures, they board the ship at the at the pier uh, when the ship's at the terminal. They ride it all the way out to the transfer point, and then they hop off and head on back. Yep, yep. And, and actually, speaking of the, um, I don't know why it's, this reminded me of it, but so on. I think it was I think it was on Sunday. Just like the radio calls starboard, like how they get on the ships, get off the ships, things like that when they're in port. You know, usually they'll just walk through, like, the crew gangways and things like that. Um, I, Justin was here for it, so he'll know what I'm talking about, but you'll find this funny. So we were we were waiting for the ships to start leaving, and uh, I think it was the Wonder. We hear – it was either the Wonder or the Allure. I don't remember which one it was. It was one of the two days. But we hear, oh, poor Canaveral pilots. Uh, we've got the – we had the ladder rigged out, and it's uh, it's dropped here for you. And they just come over. Um, we're we're boarding shoreside. Yeah, and this was after <laughs> they had already called earlier to confirm the departure time, and it was already stated that the pilot would be boarding shoreside. <laughs> I don't uh, know what it was. Yeah, the funniest. I'm trying about yes. You just hear oh, yeah, <laughs> right, hilarious. So when we eventually get a pilot on the ship, I, that's one of the questions I want to ask is like, how often does this happen? Because this happens, it must happen all the time where these, these ships come in. That's like, I'm amazed. Like these cruise ships, like Wonder, Lord of the Seas, it goes to Canaveral, what is probably here for about a year, give or take, doing the short cruises. So mm -hmm. they're doing, you know, two sailings a week. So that's probably 52, to, so that's probably 104 sailings, give or take. Um, so they go to this port so many times you would think and the crew is on contract for a good six months period of time it's not like they're getting a new crew every week you would think they would at least understand okay the pilot's going to board shoreside almost every week so it's a trend and you also do think that they were going to be okay they're going to have the rad ladder rigged a certain way for example canaveral some ports have i don't know i don't think port everglades does it but they have the ropes the ropes on the side i don't think uh canaveral and port everglades use those ropes did you see that or ropes as in like just throw uh, the ladder so there's a ladder rigged and then there's two ropes on the side you can grab onto 
I mean, they rigged? had. I mean, they guess they did technically have ropes, but that was just like where the ladder planks were like attached to. They didn't yes, have no, anything but extra than that. Ladder. So they're like, uh, like they're different. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. So this is like the, the 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 rope, and then this is the, they have like the the less of the ladder, and then this is another rope they have. It's like two on each side. Gotcha. No, they did not. Okay. I was actually yes. holding on to the ropes that were yep. connecting like okay. the planks. Yeah, yeah. Because oh. in like some ports like San Francisco, they use those ropes on the other other side of the ladder, not connected to the ladder, uh, as the pilot to like help. You know, because they have a longer transfer, so they have to get to the ship. Although the pilot boats are bigger, so they have to jump a little bit backwards. So they use that to kind of catapult themselves backwards. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but no, it was just that's the, the thing. Yeah, as you mentioned, though. Yeah, in Canaveral, like pilots rarely, rare. It's a rare incident if they're ever boarding uh, seaside. That's because nine times out of ten, there's no need for them to board seaside. The harbor yeah, master kind of is going to the port, um, to the ship, I should say, and so they'll swing by the pilot headquarters, pick up the pilot, head to the ship because the uh, harbor master has to go there already. So it just makes sense. Plus, they yeah. don't have to worry about you know, you know, driving and all this stuff. And the pilot boats only have to be used for one thing, and that's to pick up the pilot and take him to the job. Um, again, rare situations when that happens, and usually that's because of timing, usually because of timing, like when pilot's coming from another job, vice versa here, so, or the dock is not a, uh, Port Authority dock, so the hard master can't pick it up. Like the Navy dock, the pilots have to pick, be picked up by pilot boat because they don't have a way to get there, so. Yeah, uh, in Everglades, how, how is that situated? Uh, the pilot is, do they get an Uber or do they drive him personally to the job? Is that, how is that operate? Because I know Canaveral, they just meet at the, at the headquarters and then they just take a Harmaster's truck to the ship. Is that, how does that work in Everglades? Does the pilot drive to the ship and then. Yeah, so at least from my experience, now Port Everglades is okay. a huge port, so it might be different depending on what ship yes. you're on. But my yep. experience, especially the way I did it, and she did it the same way. We just pulled up to this little uh, employee parking lot in between okay. terminals 25 and 26. And we just walked from that parking lot onto the pier through one of like the truck entrances, like where they drop off the supplies um, and literally just walked onto the ship. Wow. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah that's something that uh, you can, is again, as I mentioned earlier, varies port by port here, but, a lot of ports do it where the pilots meet at one area and they get either, um, you know, take the pilot shuttle if there's many pilots or they just, but that's interesting that they do it that way or go by pilot boats. So that's interesting there. So they might do it like that because when we followed the Disney dream out, we picked up the pilot and he was also parked. He was parked next to me. Like he wasn't there when I left because we left earlier oh, okay. in the dream. So now that you, now that you mentioned it, he probably took some kind of shuttle Uber from the parking lot at 25 all the way around to the north side of the port to meet up with the Disney Dream because she was docked at 4. So mm. um, they might just use that parking lot, and we might have just got lucky because our ship was right next to it, you know. Mm. Um, but now that you mentioned it, they might do that depending on what ship they go on. Interesting stuff, yeah. That's some of the things you don't think about, too, you know. Some of the things you, you know, think about the logistics. But there's a lot of logistics here with pilotage. Yeah. Pilot boats, and then how they get to the ship, too. Uh, like Canaveral, for example, um, Everglades, again, is different. Say Miami. Uh, the bigger ports, typically the pilot, like, stays at the pilot station, which they all the uh, ports have a pilot office and with, with the boat slip usually attached next to it. And Canaveral, though, they're at home when they're not working. Uh, that's because there's not enough traffic in Canaveral to... Uh, require or is the facility adequate enough to support uh, a pilot staying 12 hour shifts at the pilot headquarters because there is just not the facilities in terms of housing and all that stuff for them to live a full 28 days at the pilot station. It's just not need for it. So, right. And I don't know how it is in Fort Lauderdale because they obviously they're a, they're a busy port, especially this time of year. Yep. But the pilot I was with that particular day literally came from a monster truck show. To the port like she was, you know she wasn't she i got there before her actually so i was like That's hey like, i'm here i just parked she's like oh i'll be there in a few minutes i just left the monster truck show i go i go you what that's one cool thing about pilots too is yeah that, that they can go ahead and they can have flexibility doing other things because again there's a set time for ships and after that as long as you're not on duty or uh with it most ports have what they call a day man and a night man, basically meaning that their job and their responsibility is to cover almost all traffic during those 12-hour time frames. And then the other pilots are called in for cruise ships. Typically, that's the way most cruise ports operate. Is there'll be one or two pilots that do most of the traffic. 
during the other that those 12 hour periods that uh you know that they can do it by themselves but if there's more ships like cruise ships and that departure they'll call on other pilots but between that if you're not the day man or the night man you're not responsibility for being at the pilot station so you can do what you want as long as you're there at that job you can do what you want by as long as you're at the office by that time yeah, yeah when once cool. we got back um from being on ascent we actually dropped her off and she went home and then I just, you know, she, I ended up being allowed to stay for the other two ships to go out. Awesome. But yeah, we, she showed up at like 310-ish, 315, went on the ship, took it out, brought, got brought back and, and went home. So she only probably worked, again, I don't know, maybe she's sometimes on call, like on schedule for a longer period. But this yep. day she worked for maybe an hour and a half, maybe. And that was only because Caribbean Princess was struggling to get out because it was so windy. Um, but yeah, she, she was in and out. That was, that was all she did that day. That's crazy. Yep. And the other thing, too, which is interesting, is like Canaveral, for example, because we don't have as many pilots as Port Everglades uh, or uh, some of the other ports here. Canaveral, because of the cruise ships, we have so many cruise ships, but not enough pilots. And this is also the reason they don't want too many pilots either, because it will take away from the profits, as well as it will also mess up the times in terms of scheduling like you're gonna have too many pilots for not as much traffic because this traffic comes in waves with the cruise ships but with the cruise ships most of the pilots what they do is they'll head out to a cruise ship uh you know first thing in the morning so i'll probably be about here and take it to the pilot station around 3 30 in the morning get on the pilot boat for that first cruise ship at 4 30 in the morning bring it in be alongside back at the office by six o'clock back home by about 7 30 uh depend on traffic and then all that stuff and then you're basically off duty until you're back at the office at uh give or take uh 3:30 anywhere from that until uh six o'clock at night and then you're back doing it all again the next day depending on the day of the week so yeah it's very right, interesting right. again it's great flexibility in terms of hours that's why a lot of people like doing the pilots as their end goal because of that flexibility it offers it does take a lot of work to get there by the way it's not it's not an easy job you can't just walk in and get that job it takes many years yeah. of schooling experiences and then you also need to get those licenses by the coast guard as well as take the rigorous repeat rigorous test by the state of florida one of the hardest exams in the entire uh world to get a pilot it's they don't pick this anyone for a pilot right i do like this I, I like this um thing we have in the in the live chat here how does the adverse weather work with the pilots? I know you guys probably a little bit more with that, but I like I like the question. I definitely needed to be talked about because I know that's definitely something that they they do come across as this adverse weather. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they uh, as long as the ships are coming in and out, the pilots are out there. That's one of the yep. more absolutely. dangerous parts of of the right. job. You know, I saw videos from. Um, one of the the pilot boat captain that I was with, he was while we were waiting for Disney Dream to come out. He was showing me some stuff on his Instagram, and I mean there are times where he's up alongside the ship and and him him and the ship are doing this, you know. So you know, and I'm sure Tyler can give you more information on it. But as long as the ships are coming yeah. in and out, the pilot boats are out there as well. Yep, it's definitely well, not absolutely. it's not a safe job. It, you know, of course, yes. nine nine. Probably nine times out of ten, it's probably going to be a pretty quick, easy transfer. But I mean, there there are a lot of safety and you know the boat designs that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Like that's that's a big thing is safety for the pilots because it's it's a dangerous job. Yep. Yes. Those are the three things that they're you know what everyone's really working on now is number one is trying to get the marine pilot ladder set up where everyone is more compliant. We talked about that earlier. Uh, making sure everyone's ladder is rigged properly because then that's a situation you don't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about your ladder giving up on you because it's, it's you know, expected and mm -hmm. everyone knows how it's properly rigged. The other thing, too, boat designs we mentioned here earlier, that's also they're trying to work on more safety for pilot boats. Whether that is with the propulsion, maybe use the jet drive so if someone does fall in the water, they can stop the pilot boat just like that. No props in the fact of the pilot boat hurting the pilot. The other one that they're also working on, of course, is other ways that they can help with pilot safety involving flotation devices. But with the weather, um, pilots are pretty much moving ships 24-7, uh, seven days a week as long as the ports are open and as long as the conditions allow. For example, Justin knows this. He lives over there in Tampa Bay. When there's fog, the pilots say, nope, we're not bringing those ships in. But that's because of many reasons. Tampa's case because of the bridge, but other can't ports, see. it's just not safe. It's just, and you can't trust <laughs> yeah. the computers either. You can't, right. you can't have faith in the technology. You have to be able to see it. And that's another reason to pilot too. The pilot can't deny a ship no matter what. He can say, he and she can say, I'm not doing this job. 
we're going to wait until another day. And he's within, he and she is within their rights to go ahead and do it. They have no whatsoever repercussions from the cruise line, no repercussions from anyone except the government, which most of the time is on their side. So don't worry about anyone. They only answer to the governor in case here in Florida. So again, they have a lot of flexibility in terms of safety, and that's their number one priority for most pilot associations in the world is safety is their number one priority. And that's not, not just their safety, it's safety of the local environment and having a catastrophic you know, accident of a ship accidentally hitting something because of weather something that the pilots don't want and something that they are vowed by law to make an oath to say they will not harm or have any environmental impact in Florida. Yeah. And like you said, with Tampa, um, a lot of the, the main issue there is the fog, but a lot of people don't understand that because so driving distance, the bridge is about an hour or so from where the port is, but by ship um, it's about two hours, almost two and a half hours. So sometimes the whole area is fogged over, but other times it's just the bridge that's fogged over. And that's what causes these delays. So you could be sitting like in a hotel in Tampa waiting to get on your ship and it's beautiful out. Like there's not a cloud in the sky, but an hour away, if the bridge is fogged out, they, they will not, they'll shut the bridge. They won't even let cars go over. They will shut it down completely until the fog clears out. And people are like, Oh, but it's not foggy here at the port. Like what's the problem? Like the problem is the bridge. And, and like Tyler said, the pilots will not, they will not take the ship under the bridge in the fog. They're just not going to risk it. Exactly. Everyone's life is more important than someone's time schedule. That's right. Yeah. yeah. They've already had to rebuild that bridge once because of a fog. Yeah, they'll do another time. So, no they don't want to do it again. Maybe they, it might be beneficial in the long run, but <laughs> they, they definitely don't want to do that. Yeah, they don't want someone's life being harmed because of that. Exactly. So right. that's the thing. Get pilot safety. That's the reason two pilots come on board. Is they're they're looking out for the state and they're looking at the interest of the state in terms of safety. Uh, versus the ships have their own agendas. Whatever ship it is, it could be cruise cargo. They have their agendas. Whether that's scheduling, whether that's oh, I need to get here to discharge. You name it. They have their own uh, you know reasonings for what they do, what they do. Versus the pilots, number one reason is safety. At the end of the day, that's pretty much why they're there is to. Number one, of course, be your local expert. But the other reason is for safety here. It's just, it's crucial at the way of life for yeah. pilots. Yep. Yep. And I know one thing, it, and I know you mentioned earlier, you know, it, it depends on the port, you know, who's in control, things like that. I know the biggest thing every time I see, you know, it, it's of course not often, but accidents with cruise ships and accidents with cargo ships happen. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, the pilot's in trouble for this one. I'll let, you, I'll let Tyler explain that one a little bit better. Yes. How so that actually plays here. out. Yep. So um, when the collision happening, a lot of the times the pilot does have a responsibility. However, most of the time with cruise ship collisions, especially, the pilot actually is not handling the ship. So he technically has as much responsibility as that one officer on the ship who's just there observing. So he's as that level of observance. Now, if the pilot has con, he has more to blame which most of the situations, the pilot does not have con because most of the time the ship is in a docking state. That means the captain or whatever officer the captain chose to perform that docking maneuver, they have the con, which is, by the way, if you're, you're wondering, Tyler, Justin, Brandon, what is con? Con is control. C means control of navigation here. So that oh, is too. your con. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Control of navigation here. That is what con means. So... Uh, con is something that is very important here. You're always here on bridge watches here. You'll see, say, pilot has con or officer of the watch. Third officer has con. That's something that is very important because one person at all times is dedicated to have all control of navigation. So their responsibility is to steer the vessel, whatever course and heading that is. Yeah, and um, when I was on Ascent, it was the same thing. We were on the, the, starboard, the yeah, starboard bridge wing for the first half of the departure. And I don't know exactly how they phrased it, but they basically said switching the con to the the center or whatever, you know, however they worded yeah. it. And that was taking the control from the starboard bridge wing to the center uh, as the ship was finishing its pivot to line up and uh, head out. So, yeah. Yeah. That's one really cool thing about ships. And I don't I feel like most people probably just think of cruise ships like the navigational bridge is like a like a car. Like you have the steering wheel in the middle, but it's not. It's not like that at all. And, you know, Absolutely. you can switch, you can switch the con, 
between there's usually an, there's an entire station on each bridge wing typically there's one on each bridge wing and then there's also the just the center part of it all so you know you can switch you know controls and the power to the controls from each side of the ship to where of course like when you're docking you kind of want to stand on the bridge wing you don't want to be standing in the middle going like looking over your shoulder like you're emerging onto the highway like huh right is there something behind me yeah you can can do everything each control you know area on the bridge Mm -hmm. wings in the middle can do everything that the other ones can do so right you know if they wanted to they can do everything from the bridge wing they could do everything from the center um but like brandon said you know when you're coming along the pier or you're making a turn in a certain direction you want to be able to see down the length of the whole ship uh to kind of see where you're you know maneuvering the ship especially with the way celebrity goes out of at least the the edge class out of that terminal they they back out and spin so it's you know you definitely want that side view as you're coming and then once you're finishing the turn you can shift over and Absolutely. That's right. one of the things too crucial here is you, the reason why that control is in the middle of the ship is so with uh, ships, there's you should call your uh, port side, of course, which is your left, and then your uh, starboard side, which is your right. But in the middle of the ship, I'm sure Justin, you probably heard it called mid-ship. That means you're on a straight bearing. Um, yep. So that is one of the critical things that you can't say, I'm mid-ship, and you see the ship turning unless you're really at the center of the ship. So you can actually see a, a, a right straight down the barrel shot of what's going on. So it's one right. of the reasons why there is three controls on bridges. Now, most big ships do have uh, that's you know three sides of the bridge wing or the bridge the control center uh some of the smaller ships with like not as big bridge wings which most of the modern cruise ships have those big overhanging bridge wings most ships in general do have very them, large a few of those smaller vessels don't have them but for the most part any major ship will have those bridge wings yeah so i've yep. noticed i think maybe the sovereign class is probably the last like major cruise ship from one of the major cruise lines at least it's like one of the last maybe sets of ships that actually had like the non like the outdoor bridge wings. Yes. I think Vision has it too. Division Vision has it too. Maybe, yes. yeah, maybe it's yep. the Vision class. So, yeah, it's it's not very often that you see something like that anymore. Right. Um, but Absolutely. Of course, just advances in technology and also just, you know, making sure everything is kind of more protected. Yeah. Especially during adverse weather, you don't want to be standing. Could you imagine being out on one of those bridge wings and full control of the ship? And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's like I'm on board. Rain I'm on the ship, and I'm trying to dock the thing. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's supposed to be yeah exactly. Whoa. Exactly. It's so crazy. It's crazy stuff in the piloting world. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Very interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's so as we kind of start to wrap things up, was there any like closing statements you guys you guys have? I, again, you guys have experienced this, so you guys are more, much more knowledgeable. So I definitely want to see like you know, I guess just final final statements, final things you guys have to say. Yeah, I mean, it's a very unique experience. I'm really glad I got to do it. Thank you, Tyler, for kind of helping me get into the right direction. I really appreciate it. I got a lot more out of it than I thought I was. Um, so it was really cool to see, you know, a lot of the technical stuff that goes on as the ship's going out. And um, there's going to be a little bit before I do a next one just because of scheduling and stuff. But there are plans, several plans to do it yep, again yep, from Fort yep. Lauderdale, whether it's on the ascent again or you know beyond over the summer one of the royal caribbean ships i'm not sure but i will be doing it again and i can't wait absolutely that's exciting justin i'm kind of same boat as justin right here um of course big shouts to justin brand always for of course inspiring me to start the channel here now we're uh, making content together here of course always (laughs) big shouts to them got a great stuff coming down the pipeline with them but uh i have also pilot stuff coming out too I have something on the schedule here for the next few months. I actually have a video I shot with the camera pilots uh, back in the winter with Caleb. That's um, still in the editing pipeline. Like I, It's like far back in the pipeline for editing to get done. I still have a Lord of the Sea stuff to edit. But after that, I have that. And then I'm actually going out uh, hopefully sometime this spring to go film uh, a port that not many people think about when they think cruise ships. But they do have one. It may not be the best or the biggest, but it is a cruise hmm. ship nonetheless. And that is the... Uh, the uh, Palm Beach, the Port of Palm Beach. So we're going to go down there and uh, show you that. What's, the only reason is, too, I want to go down there and show all of my viewers here is they have a pilot boat that is changing the game for pilots. And that is because it's outboard-powered, and Florida is getting four of those boats. So we're going to go ahead and go down there and film that video for you guys here, uh, hoping to work all of that stuff out nonetheless. Not sure what content I'll be able to film, uh, we're still working out that with the pilots in terms of what we're able to film or what other videos, but I do expect some stuff coming. 
in the pipeline sometime this spring slash summer whenever I get around to editing it after I film it here. So, yeah, I'm excited. And uh, hopefully one day, too, I can make it down to Port Everglades and uh, film some content with those guys because uh, absolute greatness stuff down there in South Florida with uh, Port Everglades, Miami, Palm Beach, you name those Florida ports, all the pilots here. Can't really complain. Any day out with them. It's always good being surrounded with these absolute master mariners out there on the water. Yeah, and you can ask Brandon. Besides that $40 parking ticket we got, Fort Lauderdale was kind of fun ship spotting at. Yeah, it was was a great time. (laughs) Other than the parking ticket, yeah, it was a great time. What are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, exactly. What are you going to (laughs) do? Well, yeah, the pilots, it definitely is just like one of those sides of cruising that you don't see. It's very unique. It it, Again, it's it's like the under... Like the, I guess, behind the scenes of the behind the scenes. Like, you know, cruise lines offer these behind the scenes tours, but you really don't, you really don't see anything from what the pilots, and there's always a lot of misconception about the pilots. Like, what what in the world do they do? Exactly. And that's kind of what we did this episode for, because, you know, knowing you guys. Yep. And hopefully, as mentioned in the beginning of the show, hopefully we'll do a part two with an actual pilot on the show. Right. Again, just waiting on finding that right pilot for to join us. But hopefully that will come out uh, sometime this year. We'll figure someone to get on the show. So, right. yeah, again, I'll enjoy doing this. And, again, do a part two. Even if we can't get a pilot on the show, maybe do a part two with just Q&A. Who knows? So uh, yeah, exactly. it's a pleasure talking to Pilots Boys. And uh, thanks for having me on. I'll be back next week, hopefully, with uh, the great Icon of the Seas. Icon of the Seas, baby. Live from Icon of the Seas. Live from Icon of the Seas. Next week's podcast. Definitely stay tuned for all of that. Anyways, boys, it's been fun. Thank you, everybody, who's been listening and watching to this point. We'll see you next time on board Icon of the Seas for next week's podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening and watching. Bye. Bye.